Hello and welcome. You're listening to Virtually Legal, the podcast where we discuss issues affecting law students and the world they're entering. This week, we're going to be looking at how to turn your vacation scheme into a training contract. And we thought, who better to discuss this with than someone who's involved in making those decisions themselves? So this week's guest is Magda Kilch, who is the Graduate Recruitment Officer from Pinsent Masons. Magda, welcome to the studio. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Uh, lovely to meet you. You know, just to give listeners a little bit of background. Um, so um, thank you for the introductions, Molly. Uh, my name is Magdalena. You can call me Magda. Everybody calls me Magda. Um, I've been at Pinson Masons for um, three years now, I think. Um, and during that time, I've always been taking care of vacation placements. And that involves um, just a back. Um, back in organization and making sure everybody has a supervisor organizing the assessments uh, you know making sure that the program is well structured um, and also as Molly said uh, along with my team and the supervisors and the assessors making the the decisions as to who will get the training contract so it's all very exciting and it's different every year especially this year with uh, COVID and everything being online it's been um, very interesting and exciting to organize vacation placement this year. We really wanted to do this episode because I found that when I was doing my training contract applications and Abby, you're probably finding the same, that there's such a like wealth of information out there, but it's all kind of targeted at the steps leading up to a vacation scheme and like, you know, how to, how to ace your Watson Glazer and things like that. And then I (laughs) felt like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then once I'd actually got to the vacation stage, like the vacation scheme stage, the best advice anyone could give me was be yourself um and I found that quite daunting but we thought that this episode would be a good way to give you guys some like practical tips for how to ace your vacation scheme although remember do be yourself because it does reflect how you'll fit into the firm in the future um so one of the first tips that we were looking at when we were kind of planning the episode was to arrive early always be punctual I thought this was really important because it always stuck with me at school. My sports teachers would, oh God, I can literally hear their voices <laughs> saying it. They, they would always used to say to me, if you're on time, you're late. And that really resonated with me. Magda, what's, what do you think? Do you think that being late would leave like a sour taste in your mouth? Um, well, not necessarily, but yeah, I mean, people do remember when you're late. Um, I think with an online setting, it's a little bit different because there's so many things that can go wrong. Uh, you know, your internet might drop or maybe your camera isn't working. So yeah, test those things ahead of time. Join every meeting at least, you know, five minutes before you're supposed to join. Even if you're there by yourself, just waiting for people to uh, to join you. I think it's always good to be early. I personally hate being late. Uh, it just kind of gives mm. me this anxiety that, oh my God, people are waiting for me and they don't know where I am and I can't contact them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, try try to be on time um, and if possible, even a little bit early, just to make sure that everything is working, that you're prepared. You never know. You may find out that you arrived at a meeting, whether it's virtual or in person, and you've forgotten something and you don't have time to get it. So yeah, definitely be earlier. I also think with um, on that point and sort of jumping into a Zoom call or a Teams call five minutes early, you never know who could be on there five minutes early too. And that could be a good discussion and networking point from early on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And like you were saying, Magda, I mean, it goes both ways. Like I think it, it leaves a good impression, but also it definitely puts you at ease if you yeah. feel like you've got everything sorted like five minutes ahead of time and you can just take a couple of minutes to like breathe and chill out. 
Absolutely, yeah. Always have a glass of water ready, uh, a yeah. little snack as well, because you, you never know, with, again, with online meetings and any meetings they can run over to. So it's good to be prepared. So I'll arrive early and make sure you have everything you need for that meeting. Mm. And it's always I when you're running late, your Wi-Fi is not working. So <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the second tip we had, kind of along the lines of the whole be yourself rhetoric, but maybe going a little bit further, was some tips about being personable. So some things that I um, had in mind for this were firstly, learn people's names because I am horrendous <laughs> at remembering people's names. So I, it's really bad and it probably seems really creepy, but I have like literal like notes in my phone of like important people that I've met and their name and like something about them to help me remember. I find, for instance, um, with this online setting, um, Abby, it's the other way for me because I got to know everybody from application form or from emails. So actually this week's been the first time I've met my students, um, you know, face to face. So I was like, oh, so yeah. this is, you know, this is what you what you look like. But I do remember um, people's names once, once they tell me. Um, my tip when you do that is if there is something about the person um, you know that stands out whether it's maybe I don't know glasses or a, a very good haircut or maybe the team that they work in try and connect those two uh, it will make it easier feel free to make notes or if you forget just ask them again say I'm really yeah. sorry I've, I've met so many people today would you mind telling me um, yours again or would you mind telling me how you spell that a very good um, tip that someone once told me if someone tells you their name and you forget like instantly because I don't know it's it's not in our immediate um, memory palace as I call it and you forget it a good way to get them to say it again without being that direct if you're a little bit shy say oh would you mind if I connect with you on LinkedIn and um, um, how do you spell your name you know can you can you tell me your name again so it's uh, a little bit more indirect but they will then repeat it and you and you get a contact as well that LinkedIn point is yes. such, that is such a good tip. I I actually would not recommend asking for the spelling of someone's name because I've done that once, thought I was being clever and I was like, ooh, how do you, how do you, yeah, like how, how, do you how do you spell your name again? <laughs> Hasn't it got that really funny spelling? And she was like, it's Beth. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it could be Bethany, you never know. Yeah. Could be, could <laughs> be it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what at the point of um, kind of LinkedIn invitations and you know trying to remember people's names and being approachable and friendly um I I would advise maybe not going the other direction and be maybe come across as too keen or over familiar as well I think that's a kind of trap that some of the vacation placement students fall into like they try so hard to get to know as many people as they can and of course you know they're not going to speak to everybody um, but maybe you are one of those people that likes to connect with uh, others on LinkedIn and you ask everyone for contacts after like a 10 second conversation I mean some people uh, might be like oh yeah of course sure but others will find it a little bit off-putting I think um, so try and make meaningful relationships mm. try and spend a bit more time with people before you ask them for the LinkedIn contact details um, and if you do contact someone on LinkedIn um, it's always good to contact them with a question or with an introduction for instance what I find I get so many LinkedIn invitations and the ones that I remember or I get back to is of course if someone sends me a message and says oh no hi Magda I met you at this um, lawfare and you know thanks very much for speaking to us or I have another question would you mind um, 
um, you know, giving me some advice, etc. So it's always good to drop a message and you know do that after you actually have a proper conversation with someone and not just send random invitations to people from your team because they, you know, they they might find <laughs> it a little bit off-putting. <laughs> Yeah, it's that yeah. classic, it's quality, not quantity, because also Absolutely. people will remember your names if you've had like a long conversation or you, or maybe someone will be like, oh, that was the girl I spoke to about, I don't know, wind farms or something random. Wind or something farms. Ne- Abby's <laughs> having some quality conversations at Law Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I love energy. I'm like, wind farms always bring it in. Um, but anyway, dive, like, diverge there. But, um, <laughs> I think definitely sort of um, spend time making really good connections and then message those people on LinkedIn afterwards and like build on the connection rather than um I guess it's good to meet everyone and obviously be friendly to everyone and be polite to everyone not just the people you think that matters and not just the um, other trainees partners associates but also the people on reception the PAs the even the cleaners just be friendly to everyone um yeah absolutely I I totally agree and I think that's another um, kind of story of you know not to do you know I, I've heard of people maybe paying more attention to the partners and trying to make a really good impression on the kind of senior lawyers within their team but they would totally ignore or even be rude to the, the rest of the team or as you mentioned uh, support staff or PAs or uh, reception staff IT support but law is people business so if you join us we would like to see you get on with everybody um, and of course people talk uh, in an office doesn't matter how big or small so if you're rude to mm-hmm. someone um and you know you think mm-hmm. they might they might not feed back to your supervisor yeah think again because because they will because you know we want you to get on with uh, all sorts of people because you'll be talking to as you mentioned clients uh, lawyers you know people outside of business networking as well with uh, with with students so yeah there's lots of opportunities to to be involved with a variety of people so it's important to be uh, polite and professional and in any setting how would or what are your tips for I guess getting in contact with maybe other trainees maybe asking for a networking coffee over zoom or in person is that something that I guess would be um everyone would be willing to do um, is that the best way of networking Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good question and again I think with the online setting it's even more difficult because it's so hard to break those screen barriers as well I think it's easier if you're in the mm-hmm. office and people see you and you know um, we do let everybody in the office know that our vacation placement students are joining us so you might even be approached by someone and say oh hello welcome how are you getting on but with the online setting it's a little bit more tricky Um so yes I mean we do have open door policy so always you know be honest be friendly um, and if there is someone um, whether within your team or with your team that you would like to speak to just let us know um, or let your buddy know uh, networking is so important um, for a couple of reasons um, first of all it's your time to learn and to find out whether you like the people here um, you know maybe as I said there's a specific area of law that you are interested in uh, but maybe it's not your team maybe it's something else maybe it's uh, wind farms and energy projects uh, you know <laughs> so use this opportunity to find out as much as you can and um, the second reason is that it shows 
your supervisor and the graduate recruitment team that you are interested in us and what we do. You know, trainees who are curious and ask questions and um, are not afraid to try new things and meet new people tend to do well. So it's always a good sign. So, you know, as much as I understand that maybe it's uh, more difficult for some people to make new acquaintances in any setting, maybe you prefer to focus on your work or maybe you are just so busy that, you know, you, you don't think about reaching out to other people. What I would say is try to at least come to the networking events um, or the team meetings that are organized um, by somebody else. So we we will um, invite you to different networking events. You know, your buddy or your supervisor uh, will invite you to team meetings too. So do make an effort to show up to those events because there will always be someone there that you know either someone else from your cohort or as I said, your buddy or your supervisor so they can make introductions or at least you will have them to speak to. Um, and the reason why I'm saying all this just very quickly before we move on is um, so that our listeners understand that it's not just about, you know, getting food in the door or making a good impression. Well, but you know, that, that too. But I think um, if you imagine that you secured a training contract with us and you come back, you know, training contracts are very intense and you learn so much during your six months seat rotations and, you know, things can change pretty quickly. So wouldn't it be great to already know a few people in the business and have that support network. So I think that's why mm. networking while you are um, with us during your vacation scheme is so important because it won't be as daunting when you come back. Yeah, definitely. Good advice. So this the kind of second half of the podcast, I feel, is going to move more into what I would consider to probably be the more daunting part of the vacation scheme, which is oh, when no. you're actually given, <laughs> given work to do. I, I find that's the most intense bit. So Magda, would you, would you have any tips um, about kind of like making notes or taking instructions or kind of how, how you go about a task that maybe immediately you're not 100% sure what it is? That's a very good question. And I get that asked a lot um, by our vacation placement students who are yet to join us um, because there's a gap between when you sit the assessment and have the interviews and when you actually start um they often ask us, you know, how do you prepare? What do I do? What do I do once I'm there? How can I prepare before I come into the office? Um, so if you don't mind, if can I kind of split it into three different sections just to kind of explain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Super. Yeah. Feel free to interrupt me and, and ask me more questions if, if you have them because uh, no, sometimes I... No, the floor is yours. Oh, excellent. <laughs> right. So... So there are a few layers to this. So the first stage is, you know, how do you prefer prepare in advance for the tasks that you'll be doing? Um, and it might be tricky unless you're completing similar assignments as a part of your university course or maybe your current job role. But obviously, I do appreciate not everybody has previous experience working in the office. Uh, but there are some tools online that you, that can help you. And um, so I would totally 100% recommend visiting the Forage platform. So they used to be called Inside Sherpa, and they have so many virtual work experience programs available that you can join for free. And Pins and Masons also has one. Um, and it's a fantastic way to gain insights into types of tasks that you'll be doing as a VP participant. So for instance, drafting a witness statement, recording a voicemail for a client, conducting a piece of research, etc. Those are all the tasks that you can expect to do once you join. And you can practice, you can do them for free uh, on our website. Um, on our website, you can visit pinsamasons.com slash graduate and it's under work experience. But as I said, you can also Google uh, Forage and or inside Sherpa and it will show up 
different law firms, not, not only law firms, but other companies um, as well. So that's a good way to kind of get a feel of what law firms do. Um, and yeah, I, I actually did one last summer and they're not too onerous. I think it takes you about eight hours to complete one. So you can easily spread it over a week and do it in quite a relaxed fashion. And it's quite good because you get to have, um, you get to try it yourself and then you get a um, sort of an example answer, which does really help because you can kind of see where maybe before because if you've never done it before you wouldn't actually have any idea what you're missing out on but when you see the gaps that you've missed out it makes sense in your head and like oh so next time I do this you have that sort of one up and sort of a bit more experience about when you're going onto your vacation scheme what the actual work will be like yeah absolutely and you know as Molly said there's there's no deadlines there's you know no no timeline as to when you should finish it so if you are for instance a non-law student uh, and even if you haven't applied anywhere or you don't have a vacation placement you can check it out what it's like will I even like working in a law firm so yeah there are a great way to do that um but then there's a second stage is when you actually find out that you're joining and you know the team that you're joining and the question I get a lot is oh should I research the team that, that I'll be in um, so, um, as I mentioned, we will let you know in advance um, what team you're assigned to and we always try to give you one of your top three choices. So hopefully you might already have an idea of what that particular team is working on. Um, but I say it's always good to prepare. I mean, don't do an intensive research. We really don't expect you to know everything. But, you know, it, it shows good initiative, um, you know, and, and curiosity. If you, for instance, find out what types of clients that team works with, or maybe they've won some awards, etc. So that will always, mm. you know, show show good initiative. It's, where's the que- it's where the questions come from. And that's how you sort of I guess show your curiosity and your interest in not in the firm and also that sort of particular sector. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then finally, there's the tasks that you you complete as you join. So that's that's a, that's a third stage. You're with us and you got all these tasks and you know, oh my god, how do I prepare? So the typical tasks that students are involved in range from drafting clients' responses, um, you know, reviewing documents, amending those documents, due diligence, presentations, attending client meetings. So it really depends on the team that you're in and what they're currently are working on, to be honest. Uh, but your supervisor and trainee buddy will catch up with you to let you know and to kind of set expectations. So the most important thing I would say is to stay organized. And that sounds maybe obvious or cliche, but being prepared for those meetings with your supervisor and or client, you know, having a pen and paper ready for notes, asking for clarifications, getting clear guidelines and, and deadli- deadlines. That is so important. I mean, there are no silly questions. And as I said, we really don't expect you to know everything. So do ask questions if there's something that you maybe didn't understand. Maybe there's a legal term that you haven't heard before. Um, just ask. Um, we are here to help you as much as, you know, obviously to assign you tasks and um, assess your suitability for training contract we really do want you to have a good time with us and we don't want you to feel stressed or, or overworked so do let us know do let your supervisor know if there's something you don't understand so if there's anything that you know can prevent you from completing your task within the allocated time be open about it you know say i'm, I'm sorry i also have this task assigned from that other person or maybe i have another meeting that clashes is it okay if we postpone it um or is it is it okay if someone helps me with that other task? So um, that is you know, one, one tip that I would give you. But also kind of final tip would be to always try to understand um, wider implications of your task. So no matter how small your task is, uh, 
it will always contribute to a bigger picture. So what supervisors really appreciate, apart from being honest and curious and asking questions, is when students try to find out how their role, no matter, as I said, no matter how you think small it is, will contribute to the client's success. So find out what it is, how that, find out who the client is, find out what's the background of the transaction, and it will also help you approach your task more holistically so you'll understand it better and you'll be able to give your client better advice and provide a better piece of research or a presentation or advice to that client. So I feel like we literally just ticked off like five different points in one. And I <laughs> oh no! Yeah, perfect. Smashed my next it. point was demonstrate you're proactive and can use your initiative, but tick, tick. We've definitely just done that. Um, and then the last point that um, you had, Magda, was make sure that you're contactable during working hours and that you people know what your preferred method of communication is and vice versa. I thought that was that was good and is often quite a, like quite a team specific point, if that makes sense. So I, kn- I know that um, when I did my vacation scheme, it was something I asked about because I think it feeds into like how quickly you're able to integrate yourself in a team Um, and my supervisor said it actually changes from team to team particularly dependent on so say if you were in a more like litigious seat a lot of their communication even between each other tends to be um, over email and tends to be more formal perhaps than in some other teams the idea being that your communications might end up being like dragged up as evidence or something like that. So you can't, you want them to be as professional as possible at all times. And that was something I hadn't really thought of, but I thought was quite an interesting point. So it's definitely a question that's worth asking. Yes, absolutely. And I think historically and and still, as you said, Molly, lawyers prefer kind of official communication to be um, via email, as you said, just in case um, there's an audit and they need to track what happened or maybe you know somebody new joins and they just need to catch up on what's been happening um but you also need to think about um you know as i mentioned asking questions um or asking for clarifications you know does your supervisor prefer an email a quick phone call maybe teams message or maybe they will prefer to schedule regular catch-ups with you for instance every every morning at 10 a.m. So it's always good to have that conversation at the start of your vacation placement. If they don't mention it, um, try and ask them about the routine, about the preferable method of communication. Um, And I think another point that you mentioned, Molly, is about um, kind of asking for um, additional um, work if if possible as well was that was that something that you mentioned I imagine yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know be, being proactive that's what we've been talking about so um if you find yourself that maybe you are uh, not so busy and you are keen to pick up some extra work do let them know they really appreciate uh, being proactive and and trying to learn more that is always a good quality and a future trainee uh, but equally what I would say set boundaries um, you know, inform your supervisor if there's um, anything that will prevent you from completing a task on time um, absolutely do not stay late if you don't have to um, you know it's it's a very fine line if you're working online it's just so easy to log into your laptop and oh I'm just going to complete this task very quickly but really don't don't get lost in that online virtual world if nobody else is working just take a break. It's so important to take breaks. Um, you know, uh, we do get that question a lot as well about um, 
you know, Chinese and vacation placement students, or are, are we expected to work late and you know <laughs> complete complete all those tasks? Like, sh- should I stay late and 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 see if they if they need me after five? Um, and what I always say is no, absolutely not. You, you're not expected um, to stay. Um, after that time after your working hours if there is something going on within the team like an exciting project and if you are asked you know could you please help us with this and that task and uh, because the deadline is tomorrow then you can be sure that everybody is staying and then it usually is uh, quite you know fun thing to work on because then you work as a team uh, but please never um, ever stay alone or or feel like you are overwhelmed with work and hopefully that will never happen when you're on a vacation scheme but if it does then communication is uh, open communication is the best uh, policy yeah is the key so just speak to your body yeah yeah very good point so last last question for you Magda um which I think is very topical at the moment because I think most virtual most vacation schemes are going to be virtual this year to be honest so how should applicants approach a virtual vacation scheme in a way that's different from an in-person vacation scheme of course as we mentioned um we cannot replicate everything and the most difficult thing for virtual interns I think is networking and it it is reaching out to people I think there's still that a barrier if you are sitting on the other side of a laptop or you know can I reach out to this person I don't know them they don't they haven't even met me they haven't seen me um so my tip on top of you know what we've already discussed is try to be um proactive and bold I think if you are working online you have to be even bolder uh, than than usual um, so try to speak to the graduate recruitment team if there is someone in particular like to contact try to speak to your trainee buddy um, be open be present I think Molly you mentioned that you know be contactable during your working hours so find out what they are um, whether it's on via Teams or um, email, it's good to drop um, a quick message to, to everyone um, in your team or to your supervisor to let them know that you're here if you don't already have a meeting. Um, and try and make effort to connect with people during the networking events because I think that's what the virtual interns are missing out on the most is the kind of human one-to-one connection. Magda, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. I really hope that was useful for everyone that's listening and I'm sure that it was because to be honest that was that yeah that was a pretty jam-packed podcast and like I said was a lot more advice than I was given when I did my first vacation scheme (laughs) so thank you very much no problem at all I hope it was useful and you know just to say we mentioned LinkedIn so if anybody has any questions after this this podcast and would like to speak to me just drop me a message uh you know do do tell me how you found me uh, that it was <laughs> through this podcast legal. yeah virtually <laughs> uh, yeah happy to answer any questions about placements or training contracts been some masons um yeah thanks so much to magda for coming on and giving us her insight from the other side of the vacation scheme process there were so many tips and tricks included in the episode but i have managed to cut it down to just three key takeaways number one make meaningful connections Don't just try to network for the sake of networking. And if you're going to send a follow-up LinkedIn request, make sure it has an accompanying message. Number two, preparation is key. And Magda showed us that preparation can be broken down into three stages. Definitely look into virtual work experience placements if you haven't already and read up on the department that you'll be joining, their clients and their awards, because doing this will both put you at ease and show your interest in the firm. 
And lastly, try to actually enjoy the experience. It might seem really daunting, but you've worked really hard to get to that point. So just remember to be proud and soak it all up. If you like what you heard today, please follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, like and subscribe.